Hello and welcome to another episode of the Auto Archives podcast. On this episode, we discuss with returning guest Max Todd, the first big 2020 cinema release since lockdown, Christopher Nolan's latest brain-scrambling blockbuster, Tenet. We chat about our overall thoughts, compare scores and discuss what it's like finally being back in the cinema. Warning, this does contain spoilers. Max, how are we doing, mate? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, so today we're going to talk about Tenet. Um, I know we've got our future podcast episode lined up to compare Nolan movies, so I thought this would feed in quite well into that. So I know it's obviously came out on Wednesday. I think you saw it on Wednesday. I saw it last night. First yeah. question I want to ask now. Now cinemas are back. How do you find the new setup with obviously COVID and all this stuff? Um, I mean, I've I've been to the cinema, God, six seven times now since it's reopened. Oh wow! And for me, it was uh, I don't know. I haven't I haven't noticed a great deal of difference. Obviously, the difference being you know you obviously got to wear a mask, go into the building, and and yeah. now you have to wear a mask or you're supposed to wear a mask during the screening. Whereas I went like the first week it was opened when it was. They were pretty relaxed where it was like as long as you wore a mask up until you got into your seat. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, you know, for me, so I went to Cineworld, um, obviously, you know, the first few times and it was what it is. When I went to Odeon, I actually went to the Odeon IMAX on Wednesday to watch um, Tenet. And they, yeah, and they actually had like instructions around, you know, you have to stay in your seat at the end of the film and, and they'll almost order you out like line by line. So it's not like a bit of yeah. a scramble to get out which you know makes sense you know rather than having you know obviously everyone just barging out the way and stuff like that mm. it was funny because uh i get i get because it is a new film it's in that it's a highly anticipated film but this is the first screening i've been to since coming back where it was like full where well, i say uh, full right. i say full obviously they had to do they had to do spacing and stuff like yeah. that but it was a very it was a very full screen whereas everything else i've been to so far it's been pretty scarce, but understandably, people are still quite um, hesitant to go back to the cinema, or you know, they're not really fancying the films that are out there. It might yeah. be a bit of a niche audience, but but yeah, I mean, I you know, I said I said to you, you know, I'm I am that's the, probably the one thing I was looking forward to the most opening. You know, I, I I love going out to eat, I love restaurants, but the cinema is just a completely different thing. You know, it's it's a it's a proper escape. Yeah, because definitely. you're literally you're literally sat outside of the world for a couple of hours watching a film and it's you know you've got your phone off everyone's sat in silence it's just it is a, a proper escape and i think right now more than ever people just need an escape from what is going on in the outside world and the cinema yeah. is just I'd, I'd quintessential agree. for that i'm glad it's back um i think the setup is as good as it could possibly be like you said they've got all the sanitizer everywhere before you go in yes. put your masks that you keep on the only thing i mean i could not sit with the mask on as soon as the film started to have to take it off <laughs> yeah because i watched the film with glasses on and then it just yeah steams it steams up, up. <laughs> and i'm just like <laughs> it's pointless little, little, little tip for you and little tip for viewers that may also be suffering from the <laughs> dreaded dreaded steamy glasses uh clean your glasses before you leave with washing up liquid okay 
I've I thought you were just going to leave it as just clean your glasses, you <laughs> yeah, dirty bastard. Just, just, yeah, just clean your sodding lenses. But no, <laughs> give, him a, give him a little little rub, not too much, washing up liquid, cleans the lenses perfect, okay. and it stops any kind of fogging. But make sure you don't rub it on your T-shirt so that you get a nice clean cloth as well. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, mate, I think you should like, start yeah. your own podcast with these little <laughs> tips and <laughs> just, tricks. <laughs> just, just, for, just for people who wear glasses, like, you know. <laughs> What? 50 things to do when people ask yeah. can I wear your glasses on a I night think that, out that, like, there's a niche there and you know, <laughs> yeah. exploit it um, I, could call it, I could call it specs appeal <laughs> <laughs> that has to be taken if not then please take it um, oh, the other thing I was do you remember the last film released this year that you saw in the cinema before all this kicked in so for me it was the uh, true history of the Kelly Gang, or true story of the Kelly Gang. Oh yes, yes, yes. Which was wasn't bad. It's, it's, it, I'd say it's worth seeing. It's a bit quirky, good acting. Um, uh, actually, Russell Crowe for the first time I've I seen him say, in a film yes, for Russell a long Crow, time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not too bad. I just wanted to see what yours was that was released this year before lockdown. I think. I think the last film I saw before this lockdown, unfortunately, <laughs> was Bert, was Birds of Prey. Ah, uh, okay, not a fan. Which I, yeah, God no. I, you know, <laughs> me and you went to Suicide Squad, and we remember oh, just how how you know our feelings for that. And I kind of, you know, I'm a sucker for comic book films. You know, yeah. I, I have to watch them regardless of you know if I go in with a mindset of oh god, this is going to be awful or this isn't my cup of tea. More often enough that you know. I, I am surprised and stuff like that. So, you know, I always give Ben and Fit Downs. And, you know, I'm a, like I said, I'm a massive sucker for the comic book films, yeah. DC universe, and obviously the, the Marvel universe and stuff like that. So I'll always go and watch them. But that was just, it was another one of those films where I was like, I'm not enjoying this. It's exactly mm. the same as last time. So, uh, I, so I haven't seen it, but is it worse than Suicide Squad? Uh, no, I think Ooh. it's only because... I suppose by now my expectations have been set. Whereas right. with, Suicide, with Suicide Squad, you know, I think for me, I kind of put on a pedestal that it was going to be like DC's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it's going to be this like, point. it's going to be this ragtag motley crew of superhero characters or supervillain characters, should I say, you know, the anti-hero kind of thing. So I kind of yeah. thought it was going to be the, the God, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy equivalent for DC. And it was just, I don't know, it just, it just, it just didn't live up to that hype. And so I kind of, set that expectation now of going in with low expectations you know which is which is unfortunate you know i i you know for the when you compare the dc and the multi so the, the marvel universe it's almost like two completely different um spectrums of uh, of you know what the context is they're both yeah. they're both comic books they're both you know graphic novels all that kind of stuff but it just seems like they're two completely different you know medium types but um but yeah I, I i could i could you know me i could talk like a thousand episodes on like the marvel <laughs> stuff and i think we should definitely cover that at some point but yeah, yeah I, I, I think i i genuinely think that was the last the last thing i went to see at the cinema before this lockdown happened was uh birds of prey so it's nice to um to be able to come back and say that that wasn't the last film i saw this year <laughs> yeah true true okay right so let's just get let's cut to the chase <laughs> let's cut to the chase so you sort of had an extra day on me to stew on this. I yes. saw it fresh last night, got in, pretty much went to sleep, and then I've had all day to kind of ponder over uh, what I think yeah. of it. Um, do you want to go first? What What did you think? What so did you think I, 
so I, I, I told, I said before, obviously we started, I've made notes to kind of, um, there's a lot, because a lot, you know, there's a lot that, uh, you know, you, you're quite right. I've had a couple of days to kind of think about this and I knew we were going to do this. So I kind of made a few notes about things I like. So I've done kind of a pros and cons. So bits yeah. and bops, you know, to kind of, you know, balance it out. But I thought I'd sum, I thought I'd sum up my feelings on the film in a statement. Now I know, I know. At some point, we're going to do a Nolan, uh, you know, our Nolan top five. You know, what we consider Chris and Nolan's top yeah. five films, or, or or our opinion, what it might be. You know, yeah. obviously, what it might be. This film would not crack my top five. <laughs> I, it was, it was good, not great, and I think by this point, you know, I don't think. Again, might have been putting it on a pedestal, might have been hyping up. It's a film that should have come out months ago. It's been delayed time after time after time, which may have added to the anticipation. And for you know, for a director who's made the Dark Knight trilogy, Interstellar, Inception, you know, The Prestige, all these really, really good films, this for me just didn't fall flat, but it just kind of, you know. I almost feel like the best parts were in the trailer. Yeah. Well, you know, we've had this chat off of the podcast about how I feel like things. Yes, yeah, which I'm trying I, to... I'm making the effort to try and yeah. do less of I, as well. I am just trying to avoid trailers altogether, especially especially for films I will see regardless. So I would, I would have seen Tenet anyway. In fact, I think I only watched one trailer for it and might have been the first trailer when it was ever... Yes. At least whenever that was. But I just... The trailers now, they're nearly two, three minutes long. And the whole point is for you to get in the door and see that yes. film. The majority of people will just see Christopher Nolan and go, oh, wow, I'll see that film. It's got, so a, yeah, it's got a name, it's got a name attached to it I'm buying. Yeah. yeah, less is more. I'm sick of trailers showing a majority of the story and things in the trailer where you go, oh, so, you know, I'm not talking about Tenet, but other films. Um, where it's like, oh, so he did survive then, or you yeah. know, oh, that person yeah. is, that would have been well, nice. That would have been a nice surprise in the film if you hadn't have shown that. So I was a bit not upset, but like when I went. So obviously in the pod last week we talked about how I went to see Inception. We both went to see Inception yeah. in the cinema, you know, because they've released it for the tenth anniversary. Now I don't know if they did it before yours, but before my showing, they actually showed like a fifteen-minute film. They did, yeah. Be- behind the scenes of Tenet. Which I don't, which was interesting, but I would have probably preferred to watch that after watching Tenet because there was a lot of stuff that, you know, I'd seen the original trailer, the teaser, whatever, where it gave a basic overview, but this went into quite a bit of detail about the theorem and, you know, the, um, some, of the, some of the fight scenes and some of the cinematic moments. And I thought, I don't want to see this. Like, this, no. is, this, is, this is probably worse than a trailer because you're actually breaking down the behind the scenes stuff. So it was a little bit of a kind of a, Oh, I don't want to see that. But yeah, I, I'm trying to make a conscious effort the same as you have in backing away from the trailers because I would completely agree. There's too much, you know, if you, if you go back and watch trailers from like the seventies and eighties, when like, if you go and watch like some of the original star Wars trailers. Yeah. Yeah. That you just, you wouldn't like, you know, it's, it's nowhere near the marketing, um, you know, requirement that it is these days where it has to be like, you have to, you know, really grab people. It's, it's, yeah. This is a film, it's a, spe- it's a space adventure. Well, you know, it stars that, this person. Not that I was around at the time it was released, but 
trailer I remember seeing either on YouTube or one of the DVD extras or something is the Alien trailer. And the Alien trailer literally just says the tagline, which is, in space, no one can hear you scream. And it's the picture of the alien egg. And that's it. And that's enough... um, There's enough there for people to be curious enough to go, okay, it's alien. It's very vague, but I'm very interested to see what it is. I'm not saying that everyone needs to do that, but less is more. You just need to show enough that... And also, I do respect films as well that show you a trailer and the film goes the other way. So your expectations have been subverted. And I I much prefer that than just go, here's here's all the punchline, here's all the set pieces that are going to be in the film. Yeah, uh, here's all the comedic lines that are going to be in the film. And yes, oh, comedy's, comedy's, the comedy's worst terrible for, it. for yeah. it because all the punchlines are in the trailer. So well, won't I'll laugh. Tell you what, bad comedies are bad for it. Bad comedies where the film is terrible, but we're going to give away the best jokes in the trailer because no one else is going to see the rest, or no one's going to laugh the rest of the film. That that's where they fall down. Yeah, but the you know the the friend I went to see at Tenet with, we you know we joked about this years ago. Massive Star Wars geeks, and um, Funny enough, I used to be his team leader. We said, like, you know, we used to talk Star Wars at work, all that stuff. Yeah. And I remember, I remember leading up. There was a day that the Force Awakens trailer was, or not the full-on trailer, but the teaser trailer. You know, and to us, it was a massive deal. You know, this is the first, this is the the, the new trilogy of Star Wars. They're going to release the trailer later today, and it was like this is going to be a big deal. And it, he was like, you know, it's only going to be a teaser. I was like, yeah, but to be honest, like, hmm. it, well, you know, we both agreed. I said it could be. A black screen, right? And all you hear is a lightsaber and like Vader's heavy breathing. And yeah. I'll be like, right, I'm pre-ordering tickets. I'm buying exactly. any. I'm buying the. Do you know I mean it's? It could be as something as simple as that, or just like somebody's voice. You know, just something that goes, oh my god, and like that would be <laughs> it. That's, that's that's all I would need. But I, I almost feel like now, uh, if you look at so, so you know actually you know talking about star wars if you look at the force awakens right that trailer when the the, that when obviously that you know when that first came out the trailer never gave away any of the plot you knew that obviously there was going to be um you know a new characters eventually they revealed that han solo was going to be in it and the millennium falcon yeah there was little bits but you didn't know the plot and that was it you know you kind of you know and then it wasn't until it was literally not until the opening scroll of that film obviously where the the titles come up where you learn that it's because it's about luke skywalker is missing they're trying to find him you know all the, is it, you know it's a search for luke skywalker and i was like oh yeah. cool okay that's what it's about cool never would have pieced that together in the trailer fast forward four years and you come to the last jedi no, sorry, not the last Jedi. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. That's not so well, actually. But uh, <laughs> you, talk, you talk about Rise of Skywalker, and they're giving away that Palpatine is back, Luke is a ghost, yeah. Leia's uh, on her deathbed. You know all this kind of stuff, and it's like, Jesus, leave it something to the you know. Again, Palpatine being in that film again, it could be you know people have argued that that was just a look. We, you know, people are falling their ass with this trilogy. We just need to grab some of the classics, cool. bring people yeah. back. But that would have been such a mind blower if he had appeared without you knowing going in exactly. that he was there. Same with Avengers: Civil War a few years ago, when they when Fox finally agreed to let Spider-Man be in the Marvel Universe, and there was that scene where they're at the airport and Spider-Man turns up. 
imagine how much people would have freaked out if they had seen, you know, not, you know, Spider-Man owned by Fox. Yeah. Appearing, yeah. appearing in the Marvel universe. People would have lost their shit and it would have made oh, people yeah. like, you know, it would, it probably, you know, probably would have created more buzz than it did to a certain extent, but it would have been a nice little treat for those who'd gone to the cinema to see it without having to be force fed. Oh, by the way, did you know Spider-Man's in this? So yeah, yeah exactly. So, it just needs to, they just, trailers need to be dumbed down. They just keep, I, I personally, I would just keep them to teasers, especially yes. for big franchises. Just keep them to teasers. People will see the film. People will see the new Bond film. They will see the new Star Wars, whatever that is, the new Marvel film. They will see them. They don't need two, three, four versions of trailers no. that when you piece them together, give you half the film. And I think these days as well, you know, we talked about 30, 40 years ago. The only place you'd probably see a trailer is in the movies. You know, yeah. they might, they might, they might have been played on TV, but obviously, you know, you know, four, four, three, four channels thirty years ago. It wasn't like mm. you know, two thousand channels, Sky Digital, you know, BT, YouTube. whatever it might be. Yeah, exactly. There was none of that. So, if anything, there's more places you can watch trailers these days. So, like you said, you know, there's social media, there's YouTube, obviously TV channels show it, and and the cinema. So it's almost like you're getting but bombarded from all angles you can't almost avoid a trailer yeah. so it, you know it, it it's not like it's not going to be marketed to death so you don't need to give away so much but yeah, it's um but yeah it's just you know we're, we're kind of getting off track here you know but yeah. it is a case that you know with tenet it it kind of it didn't give too much away in the trailer which is great because it is going to be something that you know, you would expect needs to be appreciated in the cinema. You don't want any, anything given away in the first instance. So it was just, um, it was interesting knowing as little as possible going into this film and yeah. learning as much as, as learning as much about the possible, sorry, learning as much about the film while actually watching it. Yeah. So, so what's your, so what's your opinion? <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to start with some pros first. Okay. And then go into the cons. Okay. So the pros for me, I thought the set pieces were great. I thought any time sort of the reverse of time kicked in. So in fact, the whole scene on the motorway. Yes. Where they were, they, they were blocking in the, the, the truck and that whole set piece there was yes. great. The whole reverse of the car, throwing the plutonium case over yep. over on the bonnet and stuff like that. I thought that was great. I thought the fight scene in the corridor was fantastic. Yes. The fact that uh, one person was going forward and the other yeah. person was reversed and then obviously yeah. later on that switched round. Yeah. I thought the execution of that must have taken so long to perfect. And, yeah, yeah. Any any I would agree. Any scene where they incorporated the inversion into it was spectacular because it was just it was it was so hard to comp you know contemplate two different physical movements in one realm and it was just it was yeah that the fight scene and that, yeah, uh, yeah I, I the, the, think, the car I chase was just amazing it, compared to the other set pieces where you've got the whole boeing airplane going in and watching that same clip from when we saw inception of that he actually used the plane i thought that was quite good and it was very much you know in in the in the shot effects rather than CGI. And then yes. none of it really felt CGI at all. And don't think anything shouted at me to say that CGI felt, it did feel very real, as real as can be for a film. That makes yes. Sense. 
Um, so I thought that corridor scene stood out because although it was kind of subtle, the the impact of those reverses and you know one character reverse the other character not, and then the whole thing flipped on its head later on in the film was I thought was for me the standout bit. I thought yes. I thought Robert Pattinson was great, if anything underutilized. Yeah, um, I, I, I think yeah. he stood out and was possibly stole, stole the show when he was on screen. Um, I thought Washington was okay as a lead. I think the going into probably cons now, I think the, his character... Do, by the way, have you seen what the character's name is listed? Protagonist. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. lame as hell. Like, yeah. That's just so lazy. I mean, we know nothing about him. I mean, coming out, we know absolutely no backstory. I have no reason to care for him because he he didn't have any backstory. We don't know anything about him. Uh, we knew more about the other characters, but we're supposed to follow this guy. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I, halfway through, I was like, I just I wasn't backing and, him. And for me, you know, it was a case that I couldn't I couldn't connect to him anyway. In the sense of like, this guy is. He's a CIA agent. He's, you know, he's done undercover jobs for the Russians where, you know, he's done this, this high-end stuff. And then completely out of the blue, he is willing to stake his claim and work with this, you know, the villain to save the villain's wife who's only met briefly before. Yeah. And, and it was like, cool. What was, what, like, why like what you know well, you, you you've been tasked with saving the world anyway like why you know you don't you don't really well, know this person the whole, you don't really honest, the whole thing is confusing i have no i came out of that film and i and i yeah. had no idea what i watched <laughs> it don't it doesn't make any sense and the thing is what's frustrating there's two things actually firstly i don't know about your screening but the sound Oh, thank terrible. you. I, thank you. Thank you. I've put this in my notes. I've put sound mix, max, uh, sorry, sound mixing made it almost impossible at some times to understand it's... the dialogue. So, you know, it, do, it doesn't help. Right. So there's, there's three times that I remember it being like, what the fuck did they just say? So right at the start, yeah. when they're all wearing the SWAT team masks and the heavy oxygen mask and they're like, bruh, 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 bruh. Yeah. like what, what are you saying? What, like, what orders are you saying? Like, you, you know, it was only when they meet that guy and they're doing subtitles. I was like, oh, thank God we know what they're saying to each other. But other than that, not a fucking clue. The second one, when you first see the, the inversion, um, you know, when uh, the protagonist is on one side, Satan's on the other with Cat, and he's saying, like, I don't understand what he's saying. It's like, oh, it's backwards. And it's almost like, a, it's almost like whatever he's saying on that side of the screen yeah, is being yeah. translated, right? Couldn't understand a fucking word he was saying either way. So I was no. like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. So when it was inverted, it, I was trying to catch up with what was happened before because I couldn't, I couldn't understand a word that was said beforehand anyway. So that and scene, the, for me, they should have had subtitles in that. Yes. But that scene that alone, was, because you're, re, you're playing back reversed speech, yes. they should have just put... I don't think it would have undermined the scene to just throw some subtitles there and, because it isn't clear. And it's not only is it reversed and then played forward to sound like you know, proper speech but is played through a speaker and the whole thing is just not yes not, clear not very not, not very clear and the thing is that is that for me is probably one of the biggest moments of exposition in the film where it really shows like okay 
this is how this works. This is the machine. That this is one of the machines that inverts things. This is how it works. Like this is one of these key moments where you kind of, you know, those of us who are simple as fuck and really needs kind of, you know, <laughs> hand, -hold it, hand holding for these kind of complex theorems. This is the key moment where you really need to go, right, we, we're, we're going to write in crayon what is going to happen in right now. And instead, it was like super difficult to understand what was going, you know, what they were saying to each other that he was interrogating. You could tell, the only thing I could tell was that he was going to kill her with the inverted bullet. But other than that, yeah. I was like, cool, but what's going on like that? And then the third time was during the, the final scene with that huge battle, which again, visually brilliant when you've got the inverted soldiers and the, you know, the, 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 the soldiers going through time at the moment. Absolutely physically, you know, visually brilliant but again they're wearing masks they're wearing equipment and there's yeah. times where they go you're like what the fuck did he just say like i have no idea and this is this is the this is the climax you know the yeah. you got the hans zimmerman score in the background like the yeah. you know really building up the moment but for me i got i got sucked out of the scene so many times because i was like i don't fucking know what they're saying to each other i have no idea what you know what why is neil suddenly running off like why what yeah, what, did, what what did he say to that woman what did he say to that woman soldier what has what has caused him to run off like i don't i don't care what's going on right now i as think it is. i i think the sound is the whole for me and i don't know if it's the screen wait i don't know if it is the screening because we, we were in different screenings and it sounds like and a few people i've spoken to they said that the sound was was bad and i think that's the whole detriment to this film is yeah. for a film that's so complex um, that needs to have, that does have, there is a lot of exposition in here, yes. but because the sound is so bad, it's hard to understand, or you get every other word, and you yes. kind of think you get it, but you, you don't feel confident that you do, so you're constantly trying to figure things out as you're watching a film that's really complex, and then the next exposition comes yeah. up, and you just lose track of it. And I just think that the... There's the bit that stood out for me is in there's a bit in the restaurant where he meets the wife and firstly the editing because I was so out of the film by now because yeah, the yeah, yeah. everything the sound was, was ruined it for me I started to pay attention to the editing and they they're talking and they're just cutting all the time yeah and the, and the talking they're, they're talking really fast as well and I just didn't know what it was so badly done that I couldn't figure out that I just just felt a bit overwhelmed and the whole that whole conversation, I could not tell you anything now, and I only saw it last night, of what was said there. Um, I know that the, the the bouncers or the not the bouncers, but the henchmen came in and yeah. sit at the table, but I don't, have no idea what happened. None no. of it is clear what they're explaining, what they do, what they're doing next, or the plans. And I just think the sound, and it, the thing is as well with the sound, there's, or it actually just pacing throughout the whole film there isn't a time where everything just calms down and sits no. and resonates for a bit for a film that's so complex and a lot of things are getting thrown at you as a, as a viewer. There's no time. There's not, I don't think there's any time where it just lets everything settle. The music goes out. There's, mu there's music the whole way through and that affects the sound of the people talking as well. Because yeah. You can't hear it. It's not quiet one bit. And it's, it's funny. I don't know whether it's the same thing, but, Obviously, this is an IMAX film. It's a Chris Nolan film. I remember many, many, many years ago. So I, I, so I saw that, this at the Odeon on an IMAX screen, and I, and I thought it might be the same, but I, I remembered when... So I saw Dark Knight Rises the day it came out at the IMAX in London. And I remember thinking exactly the same thing. There was so much in that film 
And again, Bane, you know, you're like, what? Like, I, I remember, and again, I was genuinely gutted because Dark Knight is my favourite film. You know, this is going to be the end of the trilogy, blah, blah, blah. You know, and it was like, same thing. And again, I don't know if it's because of the IMAX thing or the way it's been shot or, you know, the way it's been scripted doesn't necessarily um, translate into IMAX, whatever it might be. But I remember having exactly the same experience watching The Dark Knight Rises, which again was a Christopher Nolan film shot in IMAX. So again, I don't know whether or not it's just not, you know, it's visually beautiful, so it should be on IMAX, but from a... Yeah dialect point of view it just doesn't work i'm not sure but well, the it, thing is, is that, that... The, the thing is with the, the whole complex film side of it as well is is inception is complex as well i remember watching it the first time around and it's a film that by the end coming out of the film i felt and even watching it again recently i felt right i, I got it and i it was explained yeah. there was exposition through it there was an element of hand holding throughout it but it didn't feel too much and it was very clear and I kind of, I understood there were still things you're kind of figuring out as it goes along. So Nolan knows how to do these things correctly in this film. It's just way too much, way too much information, yeah. way too complex. It needs to be. And I basically, I wrote a note to say, I just had a vision that Nolan had some fantasy about palindrome and has literally gone. I want to make a film like a palindrome. Yeah. And that's literally and, what this is. And, but everything else just seems like... There's actually... I don't know if you spotted it, but there's, there's, a, there's a line that Rob Patterson says, and he says, does your head hurt yet? When After he's explaining a loads of exposition. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, yes, it fucking does. <laughs> yeah. Because I have no idea what, you're, what is happening, where and you're it, going and why. And it starts off so... The exposition starts off so well, you know, when he meets with that scientist and she's yeah. like... You know, uh, she she briefly explains it, and she you know kind of explains that well, there's objects that are being brought back in time or being inverted. So you know the the physics behind them has been inverted, and it kind of you know it kind of dabbles on it, and then goes straight into the fact that you know we need you to stop World War Three, blah blah blah. But then I don't know how I got lost along the way. But then it was the whole like algorithm. Oh, what's the algorithm? Oh no, the algorithm is these nine pieces. Oh, okay. What, what's, what's the nine pieces? Oh, you know, that, you know that thing at the start? Yeah, that's one of the pieces. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Like, it just, it, it, you know, if you compare it to Inception, again, Inception, the whole thing of, you know, the whole um, dream within a dream and the subconscious. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's quite a complex theory, or, you know, complex concept when you first watch it. But there are so many moments in that film where, as you said, they kind of sit you down and go, right, tell you what, we're going to sit down and we're going to explain what the hell's going on right now. So, like, there's the part when, if you, you know, think back to Inception, there's the part when he gets the team together yeah. and they're talking, they're talking about the job. Almost like, a, it's almost like a good heist film. You know, they talk about, like, you know, how they're going to do, you know, pull off this job. And, you know, he says, like, oh, we need a kick. And uh, uh, the, I can't think of the actress's name, but she says, what's a kick? Oh, this is a kick. It's a thing that, you know, that feeling when you, you know, you, you feel you're falling while you're asleep. Oh, that, that's cool. I now get, understand that. Oh, we now, we now need a, um, uh, which word? We need the 
person to create the potion or you know the what is it the potion the, the, like formula. The, the, the drug to knock you yeah, out absolutely. yeah absolutely oh why why do we need that oh because we need to make sure that they are stuck in a subconscious and they can, it's all that kind of thing where you go okay. right okay so that's why I, it works in inception right because you, yes. get, you bring ellen page in who's outside yes. of the team so she is essentially us she represents us as the viewer because she's brought in and doesn't know anything just like we don't so yes. that is a, ve- a, a vital plot device to explain to the character, aka us, of what they're doing. And as we, as that character is un- is learning on screen, we are as well watching it. And that doesn't. I mean, they, you're right. In Tenet, it does happen at the start with the scientist uh, who's explaining it, and I would say that's probably the clearest part of exposition from the film. But I feel I feel like that happens, and then it goes straight into another. Yeah, and, or and, another and, another uh, you know discussion point with with Robert yeah. Patterson, and we don't have time to settle on these things to get no our, and and any order. and and any exposition uh, sorry any exposition that follows it is like boom 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 learn this yeah. learn this learn this so there's the bit when uh cat gets shot with the inverted bully and they're trying to save her and they're like no she's not going to make it they're like okay what if we invert her oh yeah well it might work we don't know and he, you know and he has to go and retrieve the Tony in the box and he's getting suited up and Aaron um, Aaron Johnson the Taylor soldier Johnson, I think yeah yeah Aaron Taylor Johnson the soldier is like right just remember that uh, you know you got to wear you got to have your own oxygen because uh, you know the the air won't go too long because the membrane is the reverse uh, just remember that uh, fire is ice uh, remember that yeah he's just like sorry what I'd be like yeah sorry. I know sorry. also just just sorry. what we yeah. just, just what we talked da- about um, that, that actor is it me or did he put on the most forced Cockney hard man accent oh, for yeah, that role? Oh so yeah, it's like gotcha. you, you take that beard away, you still look twenty two. Yeah, and oh, he's gotcha. like, "Fucking come on in." Yeah, yeah, mate. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a time we're gonna do we're gonna do a time pits operation. But yeah, it's just like so. Just remember this. Remember this scientific fact. Remember this. I'd be like, "Sorry, mate." What the fuck is that? So he's like, yeah, remember your dad will eventually become uh, younger than you. Uh, yeah, just like, all this stuff, you're just like, sorry, if he fucking got that in a split second, you know, fair play to him, but I don't fucking know what's going on right now. And even to the point where, when the car flipped over and it was caught on fire and it started icing up, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And it was like, yeah. oh, it got, ex- sorry, yeah, it did get explained in that split second when he's about to go outside into the inverted world. And it was, it, you know, it kind of made me laugh about the whole like, can I drive a car? And they're like, cowboy shit, this. And it's like, oh, but you managed to do it though. <laughs> like, you're, yeah. you know, you're the soldier that seems to think this is going to be, you know, uh, you know, going to be a complex thing. You know, no way to jump into a car and drive it, but he did it. Like, it's, 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 it just kind of, I don't know. There's a lot. I'm, I'm you know, don't want to rant here, but it's, it's turning into one. But it just, it's a very complex concept as it is already. And they did, they did themselves no favours in trying to make it simple enough to be able to just enjoy it as a film. Because you do at some point, you know, don't do the same. But I just felt so sucked out of the film because I was like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Like, I just want to, you know, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the visuals. I'm enjoying the battles. I'm enjoying the fight scenes. But I don't really know what's going on. Like, I don't, I don't, yeah. I think that's what, I think that's where you, you lose your disconnect. Because if you can't, if you can't understand what's going on or you don't know why you're supposed to enjoy this, then you're just enjoying it for what you see rather than what's actually happening well, or what you can... It's style over substance. That's, yes. that's the main thing I got out of it. It's like visually, yeah, it looks great. The whole time reverse thing's really cool. 
Um, also on that, it made me think of um, Twin Peaks, The Black Lodge, a lot of that, when it was just like reverse. Yeah. And the speech was played back in reverse to make it sound like it was forward. It just reminded me of that a lot of it. But essentially, yeah, it's it, it felt like a lot of style over substance. And it's a shame because I think the, the closest film you can compare this to is Inception out of the other films he's done. Yeah. Um, in the sense that they are both complex topics. He just deals with it in Inception a lot better. Um, and the, it has the perfect balance, I think, of a block. They're both blockbuster films, but I think Inception is 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 probably the the furthest you'd want to go in a complex story to have also as a blockbuster, if that makes sense. I think Tenet, yeah. Tenet has the blockbuster set pieces and all that stuff, but all the exposition around it it's so confusing that actually all the set pieces feel a bit disjoint. Well, for me, they felt really disjointed because it's like, right. So we were here, we were in the opera bit at the start and now we're here. And I don't know why we got, how we got here. And then we've got the motorway scene. I'm like, right. Okay. And then we've got the fight at the end, which that the big gun fight, which to be honest, reminded me just like of watching call of duty Warzone. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was just like two teams, one's in red, one's in blue. Yeah. And they're shooting. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure no one got shot as well. As like, there's a lot of gunfire going about. But I, I was like, oh, sorry, where is this? I had no idea where yeah, they were. And it was so, I mean, they did explain it, but I think, it, I, I mean, think it definitely needs a second watch because I, I, yes. I, I refuse to admit that someone has watched this once and gone, I fully understand that. Yeah. Even if it's just the sound alone being so dire. Um, and but the thing I, for me is, I, I think by the end, I was so lost that I kind of, I, I understood kind of what was happening, but I didn't understand how we got to it in some point. So, like, towards the end, I didn't understand why they were going back to Oslo. Like, wh- like why do they need to go back to that place? What's what's in there? Like, I, it just, there's just, it, I, I don't know whether it's because at that point I was just not sucked I in at all. I think for me, I, mean, look, I saw it last night. I think I just stopped caring. And yeah. then that made us stop listening. So I kept hearing, you know, blah, 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 Oslo. I'm like, right, okay, so they're, they're there, I guess. But I just didn't care. And because I didn't, it, the reason I didn't care is because I didn't know what was going on because the sound was bad and yes. the exposition wasn't clear enough and it was so fast paced that by the time we got to this big shootout scene at the end, I was just watching it for the visual side of it. Because, yeah, same, absolutely. And also it has that emotional impact that should have been there at the end. But I didn't care because, again, I'm, I'm not on board. I'm just not on board with the train that's Nolan and is I, driving at the moment. I think, you know, I get that you should put every, you know, you should never compare films or everything should have its own merit. But if you, you know, because because it has got Christopher Nolan's name against it, if you compare, so if you go, like, Chris Nolan, probably, you know, probably one of my favourite directors, if not the favourite actor, uh, sorry, uh, director, I remember, I remember seeing Dark Knight the, the day it came out. And again, really, you know, anticipated film, obviously the Lost Heath Ledger, all this stuff. And it was like, you know, how good is this film going to be? And it was absolutely brilliant. I remember there's a scene in Dark Knight when he, uh, the Joker has the two boats and they have each other's bomb uh, controls. Yeah. And there's one piece of really tense music in it. And I remember literally being on the edge of my seat, like just being like, oh my God, what is going to happen? And it was just, you know, incredible. It's, it's one of those moments where you just, it makes you appreciate cinema that bit more. I remember going to see Inception and at the very end when, 
you know, uh, Cobb has made it home and, you know, um, he, you know, he gets to see his kids and all this stuff. And then he pulls out the spinning top and he's like, hang on, let's just check if it's a dream. And he goes to see his kids and there's that final shot where you don't know whether or not it's a dream. And again, I remember being like, oh my God, like on the edge of my seat, like that was incredible, like absolutely brilliant. Interstellar, I, you know, we went to see Interstellar together. I remember like tears running down my face, like genuinely like upset and bawling it when Matthew McConaughey's character has to watch the videos where he's missed like, is it 27 years of his family's life or something a like that? You know, time, when they, yeah. yeah, when they were on that planet for longer than they were supposed to. And it was like a genuine like, Oh my god, imagine being thrown into that moment. Yeah. And this and then this film had none of that. It was just I just I just completely uh detached no, myself there's, from there's what was no, going on. There's no emotional investment in any character whatsoever. If there is, it's probably Robert Pattinson because he, act, he he's a great actor. He stands out for me as the the best actor in it. I do I will say actually I mentioned to Kenneth Branagh because he'd done a con- good convincing accent um but when we're going back to the sound bit as well there's that bit there was one bit that really annoyed me with the sound and it was towards the end i don't know if you remember it so you've got on one side of it you've got washington um having this loud chat when he's in the i don't know explain it they go underground don't they yeah and the the russian guy is about to dispose of something and so it's really loud on that side. And then the music's like ramping up. It's really like climactic. Cut to keep Kenneth Branagh. And he's just like on the phone, on the mobile phone. He's just like, yeah. And so I will. Yeah. And was- I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know what you are saying. Um, and it just took me out of it. And also, I don't know if it was just me as well. There was a few bits where it was like, um, I saw it coming sort of thing. Um, so the bit in the corridor there's yeah, a scene yeah, where Robert yeah. Pattinson you can see Rips he the takes off. the mask off and he's seen someone and and he's let them go and he has a throwaway comment saying oh don't worry I've sorted him out and I was like well that's one of you isn't it because like you've always, if it was anyone else you probably would have sorted him out Yeah. Um, and um, then there was the bit as well where it cuts as there's, they've gone through the inversion machine thing and he's like oh my, my arm's starting to hurt Oh, there's a hole in my in my jacket. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, because you stabbed yourself earlier in yeah. the film. Well, so. th- there was a bit, you know, when so you now see that when they, they go to Oslo, the idea is they go to Oslo to destroy the forged Goya painting, so that uh, you know the uh, so it doesn't have a hold over his wife anymore, basically. Yeah, they did. They didn't. Like, there was like. They went, they went so they get to the turnstile and they have, obviously there's that whole fight blah blah and then it just cuts to him being like yeah I did it and she's like oh thank you so much and it was like did he? like <laughs> no he didn't and we know that he didn't because we didn't see anything like they didn't even like imply that he didn't do it or just it was like sorry I'm really confused what the fuck was the point of him going to Oslo and going to that free court I get that they wanted to see the turnstile but why did he make that big promise to her that he was going to do this and all that if he didn't mean it in the first place? It was just, it was one of those things just like, it's not even like a cool, like, haha, gotcha, so I can use information. It was like, I don't get it. I don't get where your plan was made. Like, I just don't, and again, I don't, again, I don't know if it's because I just, by that point, I was just so out of it that I was just like, I don't really know. Yeah, even, even you just saying that back to me now, I'm like, did I? I must have missed all of this because I don't remember. And this it is, I mean, I, like I said, I saw it last night under 24 hours ago and I could not if someone asked if you asked me now 
what the synopsis of this film was, I I would just say, I don't know. I'd have, you'd have to go and see it because I could yeah. not explain to you what was happening. Um, I'm trying to think of more pros, really. I think, like I said, the, the set pieces were good. The reverse stuff was good. Rob Pattinson was good. Um, I, to me as well, actually, this is a con, but um, the soundtrack didn't really stand out in any way, shape or form. There was a, It was one particular scene. I think it's the... The final scene score, the final scene score, which has been played in the trailers, that's what stood out for me. And I, right, I would agree okay. that, that I would agree that for the rest of it, it didn't like, again, you should, again, I'm comparing it to other Nolan films, but the score in other Nolan films just stands out so much in well, so many just, scenes. Again, whereas compare this, it to Inception. I mean, that score just is, is memorable and has been used yeah. since then. I know it's been out longer, but it's been used since then in, in adverts and other things and tv and everything i've seen um, it i've seen it used in wimbledon highlight videos like, there you go it's, it has that emotional impact but yeah, none of this yeah. was like oh do you know what some films it's like i want to go home and i want to find that piece of music and i want to listen to yeah. it I, I could care less here to be honest but yeah no i agree i agree and it's you know it, it is a shame because it's it had it was one of those films where unfortunately it was a casualty of what's happened this year and it got delayed and it you know whether or not that added to the anticipation that bit more because it was like, oh, we have to see this now because it, you know, it should have come out ages ago and we've, you know, it was robbed, you know, robbed us of it and, you know, we finally get to see it and it was, wasn't what it built up to be, but it's just, I don't know, it was just, um, there's so, there's so much that they could have done better is simple enough to have changed, to, to have made it better and it didn't need to be anything too drastic. Like I said, you know, like we've both said, clearer dialogue, um, simplified explanations of this like i i can genuinely so i can genuinely see this film on my mum and dad and mum and dad being like what was that like i you know i <laughs> i could dad, see that my, i could see say saying that film seeing that film with anyone and they'd be like yeah. what is that yeah so i you know my uh i took my mum to the inception a couple of weeks ago she'd never seen it before my dad's seen it like a half a dozen times and uh, my mum absolutely loved this actually she was like oh, brilliant she said i'm gonna watch it again because there's a couple of bits i missed but she was like absolutely brilliant. She's like, she's like your dad doesn't get it. And I was like, doesn't, doesn't like, but again, and you think if he didn't get Inception and I would consider Inception still quite less complex. Co- yeah. Less complex, but still quite complex. This film would be a fucking maze for the mind. Wouldn't it? You'd just be like, sorry. And, and I, ah, and it's funny enough. I don't know if this same thing happened to you, but there, uh, a few people did walk out of the screening. <laughs> in hours. Yeah. So I noticed it about, about 45 minutes into the film, a couple walks out and I thought, I wonder if it's because they are, you know, they're in the early stages of what the fuck is going on kind of thing. Like, don't get it. And yeah, so... I- Personally, if this wasn't a Christopher Nolan film, I probably would have worked out. I oh, think. fair enough. Okay. Because I think knowing what Nolan's done on other films and he has done things, you know, amazingly, I, I just, this was so sort of, maybe arrogant or so like oh how far can i push the limits of this complexity for for a blockbuster film i think some people have genuinely gone to see by the trailer like oh it's, it's got explosions you know it's a it's an escapist film that we can go and see and not and kind of leave a brain at the door to a degree i mean to the casual sort of cinema goer perhaps but knowing nolan has these complex i mean considering the last one was dunkirk it's not exactly a complex film. They changed the sort of timing. Uh, they played with the time there as well. But it's not a complex film. It's just a war film. So 
to come into this now on, on the back of that to just bring this really complex thriller and thrillers in themselves can be quite complex in, well not so much complex but there's a lot to a lot's happening and you've got to keep on you've got to focus because you know you, you know classic thriller traits of betrayal and you know who's doing what and traveling around the world and all that stuff which is all here as well so to have on top of that this whole time going back back in time in the future in the past and all this stuff on top is just way too much and i think mm. if anything nolan's just got way too ahead of himself on this and they've got they've got perhaps a bit too cocky with it and can't it needs to rein it in if he's gonna sort of cover because he's covered time as a thing quite a lot in all of all of his films maybe probably about the batman trilogy aside but he references time quite a lot in 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 most of his films and i think he needs to leave that alone now and and just focus on on something different because it's just getting a bit too much as a viewer that's a I suppose you could even argue Memento is about time because that's about oh, somebody who, you know, somebody who literally leave, lives 15 minutes each time, you know, so lives 15 minutes each day in memory wise because they've got amnesia and they keep forgetting what happened left, you know, it's guy well, I mean, it, the, it's it starts the with the ending, doesn't it? And he's, yeah. so he's always played with that. So he's used time quite a lot. And even in, you know, Interstellar, he's, you know, he's going through wormholes. And well, change and stuff like that. So time is a running theme throughout his films, and, and it's kind even, of been done to death. And I think it should end with Tenet, personally. And he could even go as far as saying insomnia is about time as well, because it's he's you know Al Pacino is in a completely different time zone where it's in you know Alaska where it was like you know daylight. What was it, eighteen hours a day or something or like that? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So I don't know whether or not like Nolan has like. a an obsession hard, with time he's got a hard or, on for time yeah he's you know he's got a a, a cock for clock or so i don't know but like <laughs> it it's uh he's, it, he's got clocks <laughs> in his he's clocks in his yeah. but cocks for hands he wants a big hard <laughs> clock but the um <laughs> but like yeah it just I, I would i would agree i think uh you know he's he's shown that he can do i don't want to say normal films that's not really the right like for a lesser for for a for lack of a better term, you know, we've seen that he can do films like The Dark Knight, where, you know, or The Dark Knight the trilogy, so I say, you know, the the dark, the dark graphic novel films. We've seen that he can do that. We've seen that he can do war epics like Dunkirk. We've seen he can do films with, like, crazy concepts. And I don't know, you know, we've seen that he, he does have a diverse, um, you know, he has a skill set of being able to do different top genres of films, but... I would I would agree that this 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 genre of the um, the theoretical concepts and all that stuff has kind of run its course almost at this point, or yeah. it needs to be you know whatever he does next needs to go back to something a bit simpler and you know. Well, I, his... I would like to him to do a Bond film. I think he no, would th make a good Bond film. I think from a you know he's shown from a visual point of view that he can do the big epics, you know, the, also the big epic cinematic scenes. You know, we've we've seen it in all of his films, there's so much stuff that, you know, would be Bond-esque that I think it would fit really well. And I think there's, there's plenty of room and different things he could take up that he would be able to exercise that, um, that vision and um, be able to put that against. I just think, yeah, I think you're right with regards to these kind of um, concepts of physics and time and stuff like that. Just put that on the wayside for the time being and go back to good old fashioned, just, you know, a different genre that people can kind of connect to in a, in a you know, a lot more than this. Yeah, 100%. I think, 
I'm, I'll be interested to see what he does next on the back of this. I feel like it's generally the reviews and stuff I've seen have been generally positive, but a lot of people have gone. I I think there's a lot of re- some reviews have gone. I don't know what's get, going on, but I like it. And I'm like, well, yeah. I don't know what's going on. And I don't like it for a that lot, same I, reason. So, And a lot of the reviews I've read, same thing. A lot of people say visually brilliant. Like it looks absolutely brilliant. It's like, yeah, but that's, like you said, it's substance over it's the substance style over, over the substance. Stu- sorry, it, yeah, style over substance. It's, yeah. it's just one part of a film. Just because it looks good doesn't make it good. I mean, no, if I don't no. care about the characters in the film, I, 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 it could look as amazing as it is. I just, I, I'm just not on board. And you know, it's just, you know, the shiny part of shit. Unfortunately, I mean, it's yeah. not a part of shit. It is. No, it's not. Not terrible, but I will say, for me, this is the weakest Nolan film I think I, I think agree. out I of all of his films and that and that isn't actually that much of a dig because his films generally are, are amazing um, but I think out of the whole back catalogue of films he's done this is for me the weakest one and certainly the one I couldn't connect with on any sort of level really no I would agree I, I would I would think I would say that's a fair point on on that as well and it just um and it is, it is a shame because like i said you know nolan was, is one of my favorite directors he's made some of my favorite films and you know this this was on you know on par with that with an expectation wise and it just it um it's very you know for me it was very anticlimactic as well in the sense that yeah they you know they they, they say the world they stop that device whatever it might be but that was it like it was kind of okay job job done cool brilliant okay yeah. oh and there was a little reveal obviously you know him and neil about how it works and how neil's known him for years and how he's inverting all that stuff but okay but that, even that bit confused me because it's like oh but you hired me and he's just like what yeah you went in the past and hired me and i'm in the yeah. future and i've come back twice and okay and that was supposed to be the emotional impacts impactful scene and yeah. i was just like even you, you having to explain what's happening for it to, and then for us to go, oh yeah, I get it, and then be emotional about that scene. But uh, it was so convoluted and forced. I was just like, oh, sorry, mate. Not on, I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's almost an argument that says, okay, why isn't Neil just doing this on his own? If he knows how this inversion works, he knows the tricks, you know, all this kind of stuff. Why isn't he the protagonist? Why isn't he the guy that's been sent to go and, you know, fight this guy who also knows about inversion why are they brought an outsider that needs to learn it from scratch it kind of it i don't know it's it, well, it'll be interesting could... to see now more people have seen it and it's out there now and people can al- analyze it oh no doubt there'll be some sort of article or youtube video oh man, I love... and pointing flaws out of it because i'm i, I, I love be jump... interesting to see that stuff I love as as you know as you do as well. I love jumping into a, a, a YouTube rabbit hole of film conspiracy and breakdowns and all kind of stuff like that. So it'd be interesting to see what you know. I saw one thing you know where someone was like, "Cat's um, son is actually Neil." Like in the future, he grows up. Like all these little things that people you know, because because there was one thing that I kind of picked up on, and I and I said it to my friends at the time when we talked about after the film. I said, I "Don't know if it was. I don't know if it was a." you know you know how they talked about the granddad uh paradox where they said yeah, you know, yeah. if you went back in time and killed your granddad would you still exist because surely if your granddad didn't exist you wouldn't exist but then yeah. you've been you know there was that whole thing 
Now, in the film, they mentioned a scientist who discovered the inversion and she built the algorithm, the, you know, the, the bomb, but she killed herself so that she could never share, you know, she hid all the pieces and killed herself so she, could, she, couldn't, uh, she could never share the secret about what happened. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, at the start of the film, we met a female scientist that knew all about the algorithm, knew all about the parts and knew all about how this uh, worked. Yeah. So what if the scientist that had discovered it was her in a few, in her past self before she goes back in time to kill us. Do you mean there was like that? Yeah. That I, mean, I didn't even think of that to be honest. Completely you know, I of... thought they keep, you know, cause they never, you never meet this scientist. They never mention her other than just say she invented this algorithm, blah, blah. And I thought, well, the very one, you know, one of the very first characters we met in this film was a female scientist who knew the ins and outs of inversion and all this stuff. What if she is the scientist that created this all, but she hasn't gone back in time yet to kill herself through the inversion and all this, you know, and I kind of thought, what if, what if that is one of the things like, you know, what if that is one of the little subtleties or one of the little things that he's like slipped in there that you don't really notice, or, you know, you'll pick up later on. But again, I could, I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing the, the videos that come out about yeah. this and uh, the theories and whatnot. But, um, so but yeah. In, in an attempt to round this up, round this up a bit now, if you had to put a score on this film and, scoring it just as a film not just as a nolan film but as a film in itself and i'm putting you on the spot what would you give this out of 10 i would say i'd probably give it a generous six i would give it a generous six because with a nolan film you expect it to be visually beautiful and you know have these trippy psychedelic mad visions and you know visual things that you're going to see and that lived up to the expectation no doubt there was a lot of great i love the choreo choreography of the fight scenes and how clever that was that was brilliant you know there was a lot of um there was you know there's a lot of set pieces in the film that were really good and from a cinematic movie point of view were brilliant but and we've said it time and time again it's style over substance too much and that's where for me it just falls down as a film enough to be able to give it a score that would be, you know, good. So I would give it, I would give it, if, you know, if I would give it a very generous six out of 10. I think I'm going to agree with you on that score. I think it would be a high six. I was thinking debating over a high six or a low seven. Okay. Because as films go, he's still masterful at, at putting those, like you've just pretty much said, that those cinematic set pieces together. Um, I thought the reversing uh, scenes looked great, executed well, but for me, in films in general, I need to care about what's happening and I could care less in this. It was so convoluted plot-wise. Um, it was so, like, the sound just completely ruined it for me. I yes. couldn't hear it. And I thought, I'm deaf as it is, maybe it's just me, but it sounds like it's more than more than myself that's had this issue and if, if you can't get sound right and it you know which is vital in propelling the story along then i'm not on board and it's a shame because like i said it's definitely the weakest one for me out of his back catalog of great films um but if i'm not if i don't if i come out of it and not sort of firstly remember what's happened or care about any of those characters at all. A fact also that I couldn't really even remember the names of any of the characters as well. As I was coming out, I was like, I can't remember. I couldn't even remember uh, Robert Pattinson's name. I knew I now because I've read up about it afterwards, but 
none of it stood out. None of the characters stood out. And the fact when I saw, I knew, I'd never stick around for the credits anyway. To be honest. And when I found out afterwards that the main protagonist was called the protagonist, I was like, yeah, that's fucking lame. I'm not <laughs> with that. So yeah, I would, um, I'd give it a nice six out of 10 as well, I think. I think for me, if, it, if we're talking about silver linings and things, I'm very much looking forward to Robert Pattinson as Batman. I am. I, I think I, I think he's a I, great actor. I do as well. I've only I've only ever seen him in a few things, and to me, he's <laughs> for me. I remember probably the same as you. I used to think that DiCaprio was a bit of a pretty boy. That it was kind of you know he only made these sort of you know lovey dovey, um, uh, you know that that kind of film. A bit like Zac Efron was back in the day. You know he's a bit of a bit Heart of teen from. sweetheart. Yeah, kind of thing. And you know. DiCaprio just came out of shell. You know, he's done amazing films again, Inception being one of them. Same with Sac Efron. Some of the stuff that Sac Efron has done, you know, recent, in recent years have been absolutely brilliant. And this is the same with Patterson. You know, you think of Robert Patterson, you think of Harry Potter and Twilight, these, you know, these, these young adult book heartthrobs. But now, um, you know, some of the stuff he's been in the last few years, he's really come out of shell. And I think, you know, you said it right at the start of this podcast, he was so underutilized and such a, you know, a, a, quite a cool character in the film that you know they explored quite a bit but not enough not enough for him to be as big a part as it's revealed later on yeah um but i'm very interested to see him as bruce wayne uh and batman and that and see, I, see how, I, how he I think takes he, that i think he suits it stature wise um i think he's 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 gone since doing twilight and those the heart throbby sort of roles he's done a very mixed bag of obscure films and kind of mainstream films as well and i mean for me the the top film my favorite film of the year this year is the lighthouse and he's amazing yes. in that as well and that's just him and william defoe yeah um, I still need to see he, that. he's amazing in that he's in high life which is it's it's a, he's great in it i wasn't a big fan of the film he's in the he's in good time as well which um um, is on Netflix at the minute. It's the Safdie brothers film. They did Uncut Gems as well. Oh, okay, worth yeah. Watching and he's great in that as well. So I remember before when Twilight was was popular and was the thing at the time. I was thinking, oh, it's just the new heartthrob guy, like you just yeah. said there. But he's really coming to his own as a solid actor, and I think he's got Batman down. I don't know about everything else in the film. Like I said, I haven't even watched. I've watched a bit of the trailer. I haven't even watched the full trailer because I'm like, I'm going to see it. So I'm not going to try it. I'm going to keep it all yeah. fresh for me. So we'll see. And for me, that is going to be one of those really real hot buttons to try and avoid. Cause you know, I, again, like I said earlier, I love the comic book stuff and especially Batman. And it's going to be really hard for me to not want to watch the trailers, but yeah. at the same time, yeah, that's, that's going to be the real test of, uh, perseverance and um you know not not watching the uh, the trailers for this but um but yeah all, all in all you know it was it was something i really looked forward to it didn't match up to what i expect i am going to go see it again but not because you know I, I, it's great when you go see a film and you come out of it you're like i want to go see that again because i loved it so much this is one of those films where i want to see it again just because I want to, I want it to make sense. I just want to make sure that I haven't missed yeah. anything, and just maybe second time around because I, you know, you know, I've had a test run of what it was like. I may appreciate it more the second time around, but on first viewing, 
it, it hasn't been what I expected. And yeah, I thought that's just a, a, a bit of disappointment. Yeah, I think I definitely want to see it again. But personally, I'll, I'll probably wait till Blu-ray so I can actually have it with subtitles and understand what <laughs> yeah. people are saying. Because I, I can't force myself to listen to that again. But, um, Fair enough. Uh, right, okay, I think we'll we'll leave it there. I think we covered quite a bit in that as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, thanks again for doing another episode for the podcast. Thank you very um, much for having me. No worries. And we'll actually get around to doing this Christopher Nolan one. I think we've talked, we could probably use some excerpts from, from this episode on oh, yes. that episode as well. But we'll definitely um, put something in on that and then we'll get Nolan done and dusted. Before I go, I will just say one thing. So I uh, mentioned to my dad the other day that I obviously we started this podcast and um, he asked what the first episode was about. And I said, you know, Bond themes. He said, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and my sister overheard, she said, oh, what is it? Bond themes? I said, yeah. She goes, oh, uh, did you do... She said, what, what, what was your favourite one? I said, oh, you know, um, you only lived twice. She was like, oh, right. I really like Die Another Day, the Madonna one. Yeah. And... And that has just added to the whole theorem I have that me and my sister, we're either not related or just will never, never be on the same terms. So, yeah. So, there we go. Die love day. It's awful. <laughs> it's awful, awful theme for an awful film. <laughs> Jeez, what a way to end. <laughs> Unbelievable. Cool. Thanks for getting us again, Max. And we'll no worries, do man. another one soon, mate. I look forward to it. Thanks very much. <laughs>